special guest, Tamika Whitmore. So welcome everyone to the 41st episode of Sunday Brunch. And we're gonna take a look inside of the Tamika Whitmore, who was a beast when she was playing. She is a native of Tupelo, Mississippi, and is one of the greatest players in the history of women's basketball come out of the University of Memphis, who was actually, I'm watching uh, right now, I think it's pre-taped, like post-taped, uh, Memphis is playing right now, your guy over there doing big things in the NIT. You were two-time Conference USA Player of the Year and a three-time All-American. Scored 2,488 points during your career. And you were accredited with 952 rebounds. A beast. Now listen to this. She was named to five different All-American teams. Hmm? Including the Associated Press, the Women's Basketball Journal, the Basketball Writers Association, Kodak, and Women's Basketball News Service during her playing careers in college. She was the top 10 finalist for the Naismith? Come on, mate. Player of the Year in 1999. After you were scoring 26.3 points, led the nation. Let me say that again. Led the nation, 1999. And we only thought Prince had a song. You wrote a song, too, in 1999. You were drafted by the WNBA's New York Liberty, okay? And you played 11 professional seasons, okay? We're going to just have to give you a hand clap on that for New York. And I didn't know. You had played for a couple of different teams, but we encountered each other most of the time when you were in New York because it was just a battle. New York, L.A., Indiana, Connecticut. And then internationally, Spain, France, Poland, my girl Margot did it, Russia, and the Czech Republic. Come on, man. Tamik, welcome to the show where we mainly discuss basketball, but we love other sports. Today we have an all-star cast of ballers, which makes for a great show. Meek, what's up? Tell us what you're doing, where you been, how's everything going with you? What's up, Goody? Um, I'm in logistics, man. I'm I'm in logistics. I got my own thing going on with that. Um, I'm also uh, also went to school to get a diesel technology associate's degree, so I could save money and fix my own trucks. So that's what I do. Wow! Right. Wow! Yeah, you always a smart girl. You know, yeah. I remember when we we had the meeting. And we were all coming into the league and we had a big meeting. And this was just, this was actually a couple of days before 911. Yep. We had that huge meeting in New York. It was crazy because we thought a couple of girls had gotten on some of those planes that were going back to California. Um, it was, was kind of scary. And, um, you know, you were like, you know, this, you know, we can't be on a, on a foundation that's built on quicksand. Right. I remember you saying that, yeah. and I was like, yo, young buck got something to say, you know, because at that time, you were just coming out of college, and so, you know, at that point, you know, that's when I really started to have a newfound respect for the younger players and what their voices were, and also, you know, becoming an advocate for being a part of, you know, the players committee and helping to create some change in the league that was very important to me. And so, you know, getting back to you, I mean, you talked about, you know, everything that you're doing. You had a lot of different experience, you know, and, and this is a lot of a lot of our stories. You know, we didn't come right out and we had to, we, we, we played, uh, you know, in, in the WNBA or the American Basketball League. It was like we had to go overseas, you know. Talk yeah. about some of your experiences that you had because you played in some great, great countries. I, I kid you not, Spain, France, Poland, Russia. You know, um, I never, you know, got a story from somebody saying that they played in the Czech Republic, but I'm sure it probably had its advantages as well. Talk about some of your experiences for some of the young people that are out there listening. Well, my early experiences 
Did he? I mean, I, my first year overseas, I went overseas for five thousand a month. I wasn't making no money. I wasn't making no money in the WNBA, and I definitely didn't feel like I was making money overseas. So, and I actually thought about, you know, maybe I should just go into my field with my, you know, with my degree and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I think my love for this game and how it in the essence kind of saved me just kept me going so i just figured if i could be consistent with what i'm doing over there i I already knew it was a political monster to fight over here so i figured if i could just be consistent over there with my numbers and my stats then everything else will fall into place for me and it did i mean after my first year like that's when the, like I actually started making real money over there uh, from Spain to Russia, France, Poland, Czech Republic. I also played in Israel, so yeah. I had a, a good gambit of of experiences as far as having to learn to be open minded with the food, um, having to. Like when you go from practicing one time a day to practicing two times a day over there, you're like, what? For what? You know, but then you just start to fall in line with the culture. You get to start really just experiencing life and enjoying the city and just start to have a more of an open mind to how other people live. So that was that was the main thing I enjoyed about going overseas. Yeah, and that was a great answer because you gave you gave a totally different take than most people say, you know. Like you went over there the first year and you were like, "Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I need to check my career cuz I'm really not making a whole lot of money." And you know, that's the survival portion of it cuz the first year could be that year where you're like, "Oh, wow, I'm really behind the ball. I'm really behind the eight ball, you know, um with this salary thing." And you got people around you that are making good money, but you have to go over there and you really got to prove yourself. You got to go over there. You got to you gotta put up numbers. You got to show them that you're going to be dedicated, that you're going to be that player that they can rely on. You're going to carry them. You're going to bring them to a whole nother level. And when you do those things, it's like all of a sudden, other money starts coming in. I, I, I remember playing in Brazil and, you know, I didn't sign any bonuses. I went down there for $18,000, but it was more money than I was making when I got out of school and I still got to do what I needed to do. But the one beautiful thing about it, it was it was eighteen thousand dollars with no taxes coming out of it. So it was right. a different level. I was like, oh, OK, I can make this amount of money for, for six months. All right. I can deal with it. I stacked my little chips and everything. Once I we started winning championships, they were coming to me with G's in their hand. Oh, here's a bonus for winning. I was like, oh, OK, that wasn't part of the plan. Poop. That wasn't part of the pen. Poop. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> you start getting these perks, man. I kid you not. In in 1993, I came home with fifteen thousand dollars in my shoes. Well, I, hey, I did some of that too. <laughs> <laughs> and when I got to, I kid you not, when I got to Merrill Lynch and I took the money out of my shoes, the lady was looking at me like, I said, listen. Don't worry about the whole look, okay? I just came back from overseas, <laughs> and I wasn't there. Customs, were, you understand? <laughs> Yeet. Yeah. The bad. things we have to do, right? Yeah. Customs didn't get bad to 9-11, but, like, you still have to learn the tax laws and all that. You have to have – I was just fortunate enough to be with the Liberty, but Spoon immediately – like took me under a wing. I remember my first time in New York. We had went to a local uh high school to actually have like pick up shoot around just so you know, just so we could just get a feel for each other. And Spoon walked in the gym and you know, I'm sitting there stretching. I ain't I'm not saying anything to anybody. <laughs> so I'm like stretching and she walks through the gym and I'm like, dang. Like that's Teresa Weatherspoon. Like I'm really here, you know. Like it, it, it put everything into perspective for me. And we were playing. We started playing, and she picked me on her team. And we were running a kind of like a horn set. 
And I looked at her and she looked at me, never said nothing, never played together. And I spent off a of, uh, Kim Hampton and she threw the lob up to the, up to the rim and I went and got it. And I was like, that's two. And then Spoon was like, oh my God, Red Bone can play. Red Bone can play. <laughs> First experience in New York. So Red she Bone can play. Immediately. And she started teaching me that stuff, like, you know, what to do with your money, what to, uh, you know, what to look for in contracts and stuff like that. So I had a great group of vets that, like, really helped me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing about it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head and not that that just prompts us into a different conversation about the importance of having vets around for those very reasons, you know, that you can tap into things that you would never even think of as a rookie. And they can tell you, hey, listen, save that per diem, that per diem, <laughs> save yeah. that, put that, <laughs> you know, listen, it, it, you know, just little things that, you know, uh, really, really carried weight. And I didn't mind having the youngins around me. And you're listening to a WNBA state of mind. I got my girl over here, Tamika Whitmore, you know, we're chopping it up, you know, former WNBA player, just a superstar on that level, you know, came into the league out of out of out of out of Memphis uh and you know where you blew it up over there she just she just had an excellent excellent career college level uh the the the, the pro level and you know we, we we had to tap into what it is that you're doing now and that's a great story that you're sharing with us you know about spoon and how she took you under your under your wings because that was one question I would wanted to ask you you know I mean you got drafted by New York and you know um you know walk us through that day you know because you said oh my god I'm here so you got drafted okay and it still hadn't hit you but it hit you when you was in the gym and you saw a teaspoon walk through and you said oh my god I'm here walk it walk because you you in 1999 that you that was Hoseclaw. Right. That was um uh, we you know that was Shamiko Hoseclaw. That was the season the the year she got drafted. We came out the same year, but you know also that year was the when the uh ABL folded. Yes, there was a lot going on. So they only college kids that year. Everybody else was from the ABL and had prior experience, but they only took ten of us out the country. In that draft, yeah, so, that group was special. So it was you, Hoseclaw? Who else was in that group? You remember? Uh, I think Michelle Van Gorp. Uh, she was on the Liberty team. Dominique Canty. She was with Detroit. I think she went to Detroit. Um. Uh. And every all those other names, just I, I'm not sh quite sure because, yeah. you know, out of those ten. It was only a few of us that lasted that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's just a testimony to how hard you worked. Oh yeah. Because you know, um, you know, it's hard work is gonna get you there, man. But you gotta you gotta go hard once you get into the league. You can't get comfortable. There's always constantly somebody out there, you know, practicing to be better than you. And um, I, my uncle always said that to me. He was like, "Bam," you know. Always somebody somewhere in the world practicing to be better than you. So yeah. Always got to go hard. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing in life. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be basketball. You're always going to be competing with somebody for something. You know, right. just always try to be a better you. And yeah. as long as you're chasing after being a better you, you're going you're gonna to find out how, 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 how many great places you're going to fall. And he wasn't right, you know. Um, you know, you played for L.A., Mm -hmm. You played for Indiana, mm -hmm. played for Connecticut. Talk about some of those, some of those teams, and some of the, some of those greats that you played with when you when you played for those teams. Who you who you teamed up with at that time? Well, um, I just figured, uh, you know, I became a restricted free agent um, after New York, and I had went to a. I didn't even think I was going, I didn't know if I was going to get picked up or not, to be honest with you, but I was fine with that because I had made a name for myself overseas. So yeah. uh, I got a call late from LA and um, 
you know, they wanted me to come be a part of what they had. And I think the year before they had just won the championship, if I'm not mistaken. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's gravy. Like I'm finna, you know, Lisa was considered one of the best. So I'm thinking, okay, I can go here and learn, you know? So that's I went in there with that mindset and I, I don't know if it was, it looked good on paper, but the chemistry just didn't, wasn't there and it, it just got lost somewhere. But, you know, I, I did enjoy my time there as far as able to learn because I actually got to spend time. I went through several coaching changes there within a two year period. Uh, we started off with Michael Cooper. Then uh, I think uh, Carlene did the interim coach there. And then after her, they brought in Henry Bibby, Mike Bibby's dad. Yeah. And his tenure was short there. And then after that, we had Jelly being Kobe's dad. So, and then I think uh, that year too uh, was one of the Olympic hiatuses. So I actually stayed in LA and I actually got to work with Kobe, work out with Kobe a, a few times. So that was uh, a great experience in itself for me with him, just being able to train with him. And and to be honest with you, I wasn't a Kobe Bryant fan. I, I grew up in the era of Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan was end-all, be-all for me, you know? So, but I really realized that that kid worked so hard, and whatever he gets, he's going to actually deserve it. So I developed a whole new respect for them for for him as a man. So that that was one of the best experiences I ever had as far as training and learning different things of of the game and how to train for my position and for my sport. So I mean, how many people can can sit and say? I mean, I have an elevator story with Kobe. I got a I have a lead to achieve story, but how many people can say oh i trained with kobe and you know i got to watch his moves and i really got to see the mamba mentality you know mm -hmm. one in a few people you know and uh you know i never knew how much i was going to cherish the read to achieve moment that we had together you know as much as i do now you know because he's no longer with us um but you know that's a great story just to say hey listen you know, I got to get some of that Mamba juice and, you know, you know, work out. And, you know, that's a fantastic story. And to, to get the opportunity to create these types of memories, though, um, I have memories that will last a lifetime, you know, um, and go into the heavens with me, you know, as far as basketball is concerned. And that's the reason why I tell parents to get your kids involved with sports because it, it builds character. It creates memories. It helps you with your social skills. It helps you with your skills as far as uh, as as uh, learning how to work and be around a diverse group of people. It teaches you how to be a better woman. It teaches you how to be a better man, a better parent, a better person, a better friend, a better sister, brother. It's just so many things that come out of playing sports. You know that you that that will help dev develop your child when you can't. Yeah. It teaches you, know. you to appreciate the role that people play in your life. But cuz it teaches you how to appreciate the roles that people play on your team. So, I, I just think it also teaches well, with that being said, I think you also get out of that to never take anything for granted. Life's too short for that, you know? Yeah, I'm 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 reading some of the comments on here people are watching about uh Elisa Scott over there, oh, uh, Houston Comets. Oh, yeah. She's over there talking. She, she's saying ball of beast mode up in here this morning. You know, uh, yeah. Ebony Hood out there, uh, legends, truly enjoyable conversations. And, uh, you know, she also threw up there, I love this game. And I'll say shout out to Scott Molesky and Dante Borders. I got some, some people that come up here that are on a regular that come in here. And, uh, I know, I know, I thought I saw Sue, Susan in there somewhere, but uh, we got some people out there watching, throwing up some comments and stuff like that, you know. Um, I had actually uh, 
uh, Scotty up there. She throwing up. What it do? What it do? So <laughs> say something back to her. So she don't flood the comments. So. <laughs> What's up? What's up, man? I be missing action. I knew. I do. I know. I just. But you know, Goody, I always just kind of just went with the flow, man. I I stayed out of mess and didn't listen to mess. It was always business for me. Yeah, absolutely. You're not lying about that. You were very quiet in the back, very mature for your age, you know. But when you needed to, you know, when you needed to stand up for something uh, yourself or something, you were always there, especially, you know, you were always there in the cut, you know, mm -hmm. especially being, you know, a voice for the younger players at that particular time. Um, you know, I, when I was around you, I was like, I was 32, not trying to rhyme, but you know, and you were just coming into the league. So, you know, you had you you had a you had a powerful voice. Uh Ebony says, uh, I remember Meek when she was with New York City playing with Teaspoon, Kim Hampton, Vicky Johnson, Crystal Robinson, Rebecca Lobo, Becky Hammond, and Tara and and, and uh and Tari. Mm -hmm. um, so you gotta love a lot of, you know, you got people out there that like have their, have their set memories. I think that uh, New York is embedded in a lot of people's heads because um, you know New York got the TV time too. Oh know? yeah. So, so you were constantly on it. So like you you got more TV time. So people got the opportunity to see you more. Um, you know when you were in that Liberty uniform. But you know you made noise when you know you were in in, in LA Indiana. You know, uh, and also in Connecticut, you know, where you finished up, you know, in your latter stages, you were still putting up 18 and, you know, mm -hmm. giving them the business over there. At that point in time, you know, you knew and understood the game and how to get to point A quicker than the next person. You know, as you grow in the game, you understand how you could actually, you know, beat somebody who's truly younger than you uh, to the ball with ease because you know the quickest way to the ball. And so, um, and that's Goody, just something to learn over time. Understand, like, and this, this is an attribute for you, but, you know, when we would do the scouting reports or whatever for Utah, and, um, like, I look at your stat line, and I'd be like, okay, she, she's not shooting the ball a whole lot, but you got to that free throw line. Oh, my God. <laughs> And, and, like, I be trying to tell kids now, like, look, if you make five shots, that's ten points. But think about if you get to the free throw line six times. You get there six times, and you're getting two free throws every time. That's another 12 points. So now you got 22 points, and you only shot the ball five times. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I was, like, I was like, man, she she stay, she she feeding at the free throw line. But then I started thinking about that, and then I started like, well, you know, I can add that to my game too. Yeah, absolutely. And God, uh, my mom was six seven because it taught me how to play against bigger people. So <laughs> attribute right there, like open my eyes to see the game in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. You were, um, and we were talking about this, you know, off the cuff, that you were one of those undersized post players that was giving the business, giving people the business. You were giving people the business. Tato was giving people the business. It, it like, it, it was like, yo, you, Le Leslie, Leslie, yeah, Leslie was giving people the business, and I'm like, wow, uh. To be size, that's crazy. You know, what aspects of your game did you work on being undersized, knowing that you're going to be down in the post with Lisa Leslie, Tina Thompson, who clearly had Tari Phillips, if you have to guard her in practice, who clearly had three and four and five inches on you? What was your secret? Um, I pay attention to the defense. If I step out to get the ball and I do a reverse pivot to face up, if your hands are down, I can shoot. I can shoot about as good as a two guard. 
I also know if I'm undersized, nine times out of 10, my first step is quicker than yours. So if you're coming out to guard me, I'm finna go around you. But the best thing I like to do, and I don't even think people realize, I love to pass. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a point guard sometimes. So I just, I just took what the defense gave me. I never tried to force the action. Like, I'm just going to take what you give me. And I just think, you know, like growing up too, with my mom teaching me how to play and playing against guys, like, I mean, I went down to the street courts, Goody. I was playing against the winos and crackheads back home. So you got faster, you got to get stronger, you know, because you don't want none of that touching you. So you got to figure out how to score the ball. And all that helped. Like, it all helped. Yeah. Yo, big up to the winos and the crackheads. We got to love them. We got to shout them out. Yes. Well, I mean, we played up. We got better. Yo, Kids. listen. Yo, let me tell you something. The block had my game right. You know, by the time I got to college, it was it was over for people because I already had that killer in me from growing up in these streets right here. And so, um, you know, and then always going around. I, I didn't just stay where I was. You know, once I got into high school, people really rarely saw me in the summertime because I was playing AAU. I'm in New Mexico. I'm in, uh, you know, I'm in Albuquerque. I'm I'm down in Florida. You know, I'm in D.C., Florida, you know, going and doing those things, not to mention when I'm at home that I'm getting with my girls from St. Anne's. You know, shout out to D Diane Rodriguez and Margaret Grierson and all of them. We get in the car and we would go, you know, to Paramus over Paramus Catholic where, where Ann Donovan grew up. We go over there and we, we pick on them girls over there or guys that we didn't really care. We go to Jersey City, pick on people there. We would go to Neptune. We were going all over the place just to go play games and stuff like that. And all of that stuff, when you go, when you dare to go into somebody else's backyard and steal their lunch, you know what I'm saying? Or take what they eating off the grill, you know, at that young age, man. So I had that. So I know what you're talking about. So I'm saying shout out to all of the pookies and the jiggies oh. and the pookies and, you know, and, and, the, and Bo and, and Michael and and Clayton and, and Todd and all of them who was, you know, helping me just get my game right, you know, in the, in the backyard. Right. That's, but that's, re that's really like how, how it went down. Like that's how it went down. But I, I, I think I knew I was, I had something special when I was in high school getting ready to go to college and Terry Catlett showed up in Tupelo, Mississippi, believe it or not. Shout out to Terry Catlett. And we were playing at the Salvation Army. And when I tell you I did him, Goody, I did him. <laughs> I did him so, so bad. It's like he got the ball, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm under the goal. I'm going to take this charge. That man hit me so hard. I flew into the padding on the wall like, like a cartoon. <laughs> And uh, I said, you hurt me, but that's all right, because I got you. I said, who got next down? <laughs> okay, exactly. Always have. Yeah, and the, and the thing about playing with the guys is once you beat them a whole lot, then that then they'll start resorting to, like, trying to really physically, like, try to give you the business. I took that on the block on 20th Street a lot. Got some little pop shots from a couple of people, you know, uh, shout out to Flip Taylor, used to do that a lot. Hit me in the stomach and, you know, knock, knock the air out of me, checking me to see how tough I really am. You know, I carried that with me. Those things, you know, they got me to the to the next level because when somebody would hit me with a with a pop shot, you know, um, and get try to give you a little oomph after, you know, or before, after they make a move or whatever, it wouldn't hurt me. Like, I would just look at them like, please. You're going to have to go back 20 years to get me on that one, boy. You got to go back 15 years to get me on that one. But, you know, the the, the block, you know, it, it, it toughens you up. And, you know, let's swing it to some basketball that's going on right now. Um, there's a lot of growth in the WNBA over, over the past 25 years. 
what do you see what do, what do you see the future what do you what do you see the future like like you know you happy with it you you know um you know i know of course there's always some areas that we could grow in but talk about it from your eyes right now well i feel like right now i feel like they are getting opportunities that we didn't even have an option of receiving i'm sorry my dog whining in the back she'll be all right but uh no, uh, we just didn't get those options the way our uh, collective bargaining agreement was structured. And um, just to see those girls try to, you know, fight for what's what's fair. So that that's a huge, huge thing for me to watch that. Um, as far as the talent, these kids, hey, these kids can play. They can really play. I think some of the differences with with us versus them is that we we knew how to take take what the defense gave us more like we knew we, like I, we we just knew how to read things a little bit better and as far as like uh, what i'm seeing now like coming up through college and high school for whatever reason i feel like we could sh could we had a higher percentage with shooting than the kids do now but um i just like once again i think that just comes from playing on the block and w with those guys and and because you have to you have to get better in order to beat them so i but as far as the WNBA, i think it's doing great things i'd like to see it expand more as far as with more teams because if i'm not mistaken when i came into the league there were i want to say 16 teams 16 teams give or so and i think now it's more like 12. so um i just feel like that i would love to see it start to expand more as far as more teams around the air around the, the nation yeah absolutely but i think that the more popularity it gains then the more people will want to invest their money in in, in the product and so with that being said you know you have the you have you have LeBron out there who did 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 a fantastic thing with the Atlanta Dream, uh, and so uh, I know that there were some other players that wanted to follow suit, and you know he took the lead in that. Kyrie gave a million or 1.5 million to the salary for the salaries for the girls who opted out of the season this year, so that was also a big move. You know I know that Baron Davis has, has expressed some interest. Carmelo Anthony expressed some interest, so hopefully these boys will come on together. And you know, they're, they're four people who have the have, have the, the the power and the financial backing to make something like this happen. And so, you know, we just sit here and speak that into existence, maybe. But we have uh, actually the back the black dollar circulating more. It'll be it'll be good for the economy to get the black dollar circulating. So who who are some of the players that you like? Well, you know, I, I I always like the ones that I played against with Tarasi and Sue. Um, but and and uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Dupree still in the league with Indiana, correct? Candace Dupree, she mm -hmm. was all moved to me. But um, like some of the new kids, I, I hate that Maya Moore decided not to continue. Cause she was a phenomenal asset to the league. Um, I really like uh, the Stewart kid in Seattle um, with her with her size and for her to be able to do what she she's able to do. It is total totally awesome to watch. Um, I like uh, the kid from Southern Miss that was in Chicago. I like her game. Um, she sometimes I, I like the quickness in which she does things, and like her basketball IQ is I, IQ is also awesome. So just to watch them pick it up and just keep going with the sport. Um, the two sisters in LA, um, they're picking up the slack a lot and just really just changing how the game is played especially with these post players. I'm like, okay, these post players got guard skills. We about to change the way women's basketball is actually played a little bit. 
And then I was just watching the UConn play uh, uh, Iowa. And their post player, like, they had a post player that took the ball, took the rebound, put it on the floor, saw the guard running up, saw Williams running up and just threw a perfect, perfect lob pass to her. I was like, that's something that really hasn't been seen in women's, in women's basketball on a professional level before. So these kids coming into it are going to be – the game is going to change tremendously watching these young kids play this this year and this time around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm enjoying, you know, I'm I'm enjoying watching it. I'm, I'm enjoying watching the games. Um, you know, uh, actually, I need to grab that re remote because they started the game started at one o'clock. You know, I definitely can't miss my D Staley, uh, number one point guard oh. ever. Um, I, 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 that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Throwing Staley, best point guard ever. That is yeah. my story. I'm sticking to it. Say what you want to say. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is with me. I already know. If you ain't coming, it's the Pete. You ain't coming. That's the craftiest player I ever played against, period. Her, between her and Cynthia Cooper, telling you. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Euro stat. I'm going to give, give, give Coop the Euro stat. Oh, yeah. She Coop, brought, Coop brought that, Coop that Coop brought that to, to the United States. Um, I'm going to credit her with that. Um, Cause she was killing it, and people couldn't even understand. They 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 just didn't, they did not understand. Hmm. I ran into uh Coop about a month ago. Did down you? We actually got snowed in down there at the same hotel with her team, and uh, ran into her, and we had great conversations, and was reminiscing. And um, I told Coop, I said, "Man, you would slow ball us to death." Wasn't particularly fast, but you were crafty. Like you were deceptive in what you could do. And it's like you could just turn on the light switch. All right, here it is. And then just turn it off. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let y'all get some. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Talking about that, talking about that um, uh, you mentioned something that just I have to bring, I have to bring it up because it's a hot topic. So what do you think about Lowering the rim so that we can dunk. I don't think it's necessary, to be honest. Quiz as, as kept, goody. I mean, I could dunk in college. And I, I'm undersized. It's not about lowering the rim. I mean, I think fundamentally, as far as the basic fundamentals, we're better than the guys with that. We're better shooters. Um, we cause and we're better finishers because we have to finish through arms, hands, and everything, and still and still finish. We don't have that uh, athleticism that we can just out jump everybody, you know. So we have we have to be more fundamentally sound, and I I just think Lauren and Rams will make it more of a gimmick than anything. Why not just keep it like it is? I think the game is growing. The, exact same um i just think it it's, it has nothing to do with lowering the rims to bring people in to watch and make it more exciting i just think it just has to be marketed in a different way yeah that's the thing that would be the marketing ploy right there the marketing ploy is going to be to to lower the rims so that the women can can uh Pound for pound, because not everybody can. So more women can dunk it, and it'll it'll glorify the game a little more. What if it was a marketing tactic that they use so that it would create growth and and, and bring in more dollars? What if it what if it was done for those purposes? Would that change your mind? I don't think it would. I just because there's no guarantee that it would that that marketing ploy would work. There's no guarantee that it will work. And dunking, dunking, lowering the rims and dunking, dunking is something like, something you have to learn to do just like shooting. It's not easy to dunk. You have to get timing. You have to really work on, like, dunking. Like, if you're going to dunk over somebody, like all, like, all those things. I just think it's, if it was a guaranteed, like, 
way to bring money into the women's side and let people prosper off of that? Maybe, but due to the fact that it's not guaranteed that that's what it is, why change the game of basketball? I just want to get your opinion on it. See yeah. what you're about it. Um, how can people stay in touch with you? How do, you know, how did it, you know, are you on social media? You're not on anything? Nobody gets in touch with Tamika? Oh, no, you're on Facebook. I, I mean, we talk on Facebook. Yeah, I got a Facebook page. Um, I don't really post stuff and things like that, but I got a Facebook page. I don't do Instagram. I don't do uh Snapchat, all that stuff. But like I told Coop, I look into getting me an Instagram. <laughs> but it's just something, you know, I just always felt like I'm, I've, I've always been the type to never, I never asked for the spotlight or wanted the spotlight. So whatever I did, like I always try to keep my private life private and my business life, whatever it is. You see what I'm saying? So... I, I just never got into the social media buzz. Okay, there's still some people out there that are like that. You know, you you're you're a part of of an elite group of people. I have to say that because you know to 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 sit here and be sitting across from somebody who doesn't have an Instagram page, that's yeah. really hard. You know, so pat yourself on the back because it's definitely um, infectious and. You know, um, I do think that people do put too much information out there on mm-hmm. on 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 their social media pages, you know, um, but, you know, it is what it is. You can't tell people how to govern their pages. You know, I just want them to, you know, govern their pages with respect and, you know, be mindful that there are kids out here. And even though kids, you know, they're going to go behind your back and they're going to they're going to go into different rooms that you don't want them to go in and everything like that. I don't want them coming on my page to see that. You could right. go to somebody else's page to see that. So, you know, I try to ask my friends to be respectful of the fact that there are kids that are out here. They do see the page, and you know, just be respectful. Um, a lot of a lot of people forget that uh, that they're raising kids, you know, and that you know your kids are gonna see that, or somebody that knows you is gonna see that and go, dang, you know, don't they have kids like? We just have to be mindful of what we're doing in these day, in this during this day and age. Our kids are watching everything; they're absorbing everything, and uh, you know, uh, some outcomes are good and some are bad. So, with that being said, sis, I really um, appreciate you coming on the show. You know, and I, I didn't mean for you to uh, put the dog in the room. So cute. Oh, she's she's just having it's a girl. It's a girl. Yes, it's a girl. She's having a fit back there. Um, what is it? Was it rot? She's a uh Dalmatian mixed with a pit. Wow, so cute. She's just <laughs> all over you, and you know she can't understand why you put her in that room. No. Um, all she knows is that she heard my voice. Now I don't want her to associate my <laughs> voice with getting locked in the room. So you might have to get up and go and let her out the room so she can know that it's okay. I I can do that. But no, she is a, she's something else, I tell you. She's a good, good hearted dog. All she wants to do is play. That's it. That's it. Unconditional love that you don't get from anybody else. You Um, know, going to like, the park and stuff right now. So that's probably what some part of the problem is. I told her she don't have to wait. We're going to postpone it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got one of my friends on here, Patricia. Uh, she's saying, you know, kudos to you uh, for not putting a lot of social, a lot of information on social media. She doesn't do it either. You know, shout out to my girl, Rhonda Singleton and Margaret Garrison out there watching. Um, who also was a standout from from St. Anthony's. Uh, and, uh, you know, she was also an undersized post player. Margaret could just, Margaret could play every position. You know, she was just that 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 utility player. You could, if you needed her to bring the ball up, she had you. If you needed to come off the screen, and she'll come off the screen and hit, hit you know, hit a three. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If, if she needed to guard 
you know, somebody who's on the team that was at the three spot that was tough, you know, there she was. She could even post up, like, you know, and, and play those post players. So she was one of those utility players. That was my pig. That was my girl, man. She had the Ford Mustang. I got that story, but I would never tell. <laughs> Bottom line is, shout out to all my people that are out there. Uh, to this day, my mother still does not believe the Mustang story, Margaret. Um, <laughs> here we are, grown-ass women. My mom still doesn't believe the Ford Mustang story. So, and kudos to her. I see you putting up the heart on that one. That's to too funny. That's a great story. We're going to get together and have a beer on that one. My girl, Margaret. So we're going to say shout out to everybody. I want to thank everybody who came on to the show, who, uh, who came on. And you're listening to a WNBA State of Mind Sunday brunch. I got my girl Tamika Whitmore came on here to chop it up with me on Sunday. We're getting ready to both get off of here. We're getting ready to both marinate in this television and watch some of this NCAA basketball we got going on. Who you got? Who you got for the me? girls and on the guys' side? Well, on the girls' side, I I just think I'm I'm rooting for Dawn. My heart is rooting for Don, but I'm gonna tell everybody coming for him. Okay. And that's okay. But one thing about Don, I'm gonna tell you this: she know how to win. She know how to win. Yeah. And on the guy side, even though my Tigers only did the NIT, the guy side has been full of upsets, man. I mean, fool. I I don't even know which way to go on that, Goody. Cause with yeah, this, it's, there's so many, there's so many just bracket busters out there, and it, it's absolutely incredible. And I just, it's hard to say on on the men's side, but I'm I'm say, listen, you know, we still got Sister Jean out there, and as long as we have a song and a prayer, yeah. Chicago may win that day. They might. They might. But I want to give a shout out, if I can, to Destiny Wells. She was the freshman point guard for Belmont. Woo. I have been working on and off with that kid since she was in sixth grade. And wow. let me, I knew she was the truth then. Wow. That's what's up. I'm glad that, you know, you got to touch her in some kind of way and give her that dream. You know, a lot of times when these kids are around us, you, you, you open up their world to dream about the possibility of playing in the WNBA. And sometimes that's all they need. And then they mm -hmm. need some people, you know, people around them that'll light the fire in them and help them to help them, you know, move along. And, you know, I mean, that's what I would say to all of these coaches out here while I got this stage right now. Um, I'm just dealing with some things right now that are just really unpleasant. Um, uh, and I'm not going to mention anything else about it, but mm -hmm. I can tell you this. For these coaches out here, you need to understand that when you take a kid under your wing, you know, you're taking that kid under, the, under your wing, not for your own success. Get some people that'll jump on some kids' bandwagon because they think that that kid is going to go somewhere. And that kid may rightfully go somewhere. And then they'll attach to these coaches that got the, the got the pretty bands and got them doing all of this other stuff. And But that it, it has nothing to do with getting you to where, the, to where you want to be as a player. Okay? Not only is it important to make sure that you know, you put a good wet work ethic in this kid and not allow them to just go around and work with other people. But also, you got to be an extension of their mother. You got to be an extension of their father, maybe their grandparents, maybe their sister, their brother, this, that, and the third. You can't just bring a child into your life and then drop them off because you left that job. You can't do that. You know, it's important that you, you, you get a stronghold on this kid and help them become the best that they could possibly be. It is what it is. So with that being said, I just wanted to put it out there. If you're a coach, man, don't just have this kid come into your life because of what they can bring to you, but it's about what you can do for them in the world. 
and helping them to get where they are. Because the, 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 the loudest sound that a kid will ever hear is when the clapping stops. And they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have a school to go to. Where are you then? That's when you need to be in a kid's life, when they meet that door that they can't get through. You got to be a bridge to bring them through. You need a tugboat to bring you through, man. Bottom line is this. If you're coaching, it is not a 9 to 5. It's 24 hours every day uh, for the rest of your life because that kid is going to call you advice for the rest of their lives. That's what you want to be for. Oh, yeah. And I'm That's talking about this, especially in my area where I'm at right now. I do not like to see one of my kids hurt. And to all my kids that are out there, I love you. And if you need me, you call me. I don't care what time of the day, what time of the night it is, how big or how small you may think it is, call me. You're listening to a WNBA state of mind. I got my girl Tamika on here. Whitmore played for. We mo we mainly remember her for the U New York Liberty, all right. But she also played for Indiana. She also played for LA, and she also played for Connecticut to finish up her career. But she was still playing overseas. I think you finished up in Israel, if I'm not mistaken. I want to thank you again for coming on the show, chopping it up with me during these times. I hope you're being safe. I hope you continue with your workout. You said you started on a new training regimen. I'll give you all the blessings in that. I told you, you never know when I might pick up the phone and say, yo, I need you to do this camp. And I got you. I know you do. I love you, sis. Thank you for coming on the show. Peace all out. Right. My people, Sammy Sosa out there. One love. Stay peace, baby. Good to love talk you. to you. Love you.